Hi everybody, Kurt Schlechter here for Unredacted, the Town Hall VIP podcast that I'm actually doing in an airport. Let me tell you about the uh, the, the magic. We decided to come out and uh, uh, do some stuff in Miami, check out some things, look at lizards. There are giant lizards here. Dinosaurs walk the earth. It's pretty amazing. And um, so we're, uh, we, we fly out and then we fly back and we got to go, we got to go to Orlando and then to LAX, right? Planes, we got like a two-hour layover in Orlando. I'm like, ah, I don't want to sit in Orlando for two hours. I wish it was longer because, of course, my plane got delayed. And we get there with like five minutes after the door shuts for the plane LA. So we get to spend the night in Orlando and then rebook and then fly back to Miami, which we are in the process of doing now, and then fly to uh, Los Angeles. So we're going to be another 14 hours late. But I had to spend the night. But the nice thing is everybody's friendly here. Everybody's nice in um, whatever the hell you call those, Florida. Uh, people are friendly. And they're, uh, they're, they're musical people. There's always some sort of salsa music playing somewhere. Uh, food's really good. And you can smell the freedom. Actually, that's all you can smell. It doesn't have that like weird stank that New Orleans has. Her name is like going, yeah. But it does have bugs. I've got these giant insect bites all over me. Uh, apparently, I'm a delight to arthropods. It is, uh, uh, eh, you know, I'm just, just saying. Uh, do, am I going to move here? Well, you know, everybody's got to go someplace. But, uh, you know, looking around, seeing what's up in DeSantis country. Saw some DeSantis people. That was fun. Uh, well, not like in the campaign. I saw some folks in like DeSantis. And there's... Uh, you know, that's uh, that's a thing that's going on. Uh, the uh, I'll, I'll write about it on Monday. I think some people are losing their damn minds over this thing, and they ought to understand that we're all on really the same team, and that we ought to start acting like it. In the sense that we need a vigorous primary that challenges people's preconceptions. We also need to remember that the day somebody gets the nomination officially. We need to be on the same team. We need to be rowing in the same direction. Let's 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 get together and bring it in for the big win. You know what I'm saying? Because this desk kid old dust puppet, uh, uh, freaking uh, Krusty von Stupenheimer, hey, you know, he's just not making it happen for me. And I don't think he's making it happen for the country. I got to worry about that, too. The uh, We've just got a bunch of wins in the Supreme Court, which is nice. No affirmative action. No forcing people to uh, do things that uh, is against their religion. And, of course, no paying off deadbeat student loans, which is like my favorite. I love the idea of not having to pay for somebody's gender studies degrees. I like how they're, well, we're canceling the student loans. No, you're you're, you're actually putting them on me. And I, I, I love where they go. There, there are millions of Americans who are very angry today. It's like, well, there's there's a lot more who are very, very happy that they don't have to pay for a bunch of freaking deadbeats, stupid ass school shit. So I'm I'm pretty excited, and but I am I, I am I am kind of sick of uh, Democrats trying to steal my money because that's what it's doing. It is stealing my money to pay for their you know crappy constituents who didn't plan their shit out. My my favorite some guy going. Oh, yeah, you just have this up for the bootstraps model. If I just take another shift at McDonald's, I can pay off my student loan. Right, which I can think of. 
why did you go to college to get a job at McDonald's? Maybe that was a poor choice. And I don't understand why I'm responsible for subsidizing your poor choices. Uh, I understand what you think I am. And your reasoning is that you want me to. But that's not good enough reason for me. That's not even nearly good enough reason for me. It's, it's, it's a bad reason. And I have a student loan reform thing, which is end student loans and you pay your damn debts back. Because I paid my debts back. Arena, did I pay my debts back? She said, yeah, I did. Did we do a lot of partying and stuff while I had student loan debt? She says, no. So, not, not, not trips. I spent a lot of time in the Army. I actually had, I did have, I literally did have two jobs, right? I was a lawyer and I was in the Army. So, if you're going, well, I'm going to have to work two jobs to pay off my student loan. Okay, tell me something I didn't do, dipshit. Um... I understand the allure of trying to steal money from other people. I'm a lawyer after all. But we're not going to do that. And uh, you don't get to do it by executive fiat. I love the idea that, well, you know, this guy's allowed to modify some policies a little bit uh, in cases of emergencies. But we should go, yeah, I can completely undo it and spend half a trillion dollars because I feel like it. And uh, I'm not. I, I, I'll save it for the the actual uh, article talking about how this isn't even law. Okay, this is, you know, look at the the, the liberal response to this is not based on law. It's based on I want some. You know, I, I want some free money from you people who actually work, so therefore we'll do it. And I'll pretend there's law, but there just isn't law. And, um, but, you know, the what's interesting is that, you know, essentially they're saying, well, you know, I should just be able to do what I want. What's our constraint? Let's assume that the law wasn't in our favor. It is in our favor. Why should we follow it? Because they're saying that essentially, well, law doesn't mean anything. You know, if it's a really, if we think it's a really good idea, well, I think some stuff's a really good idea. Why should I follow the law at all? I mean, I, 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 don't really care about the application of power today because we kind of have it at this report. So maybe they can uh, screw themselves. Oh, well. See, remember, I, I, I guess I'm spoiled because as a lawyer, I actually argue stuff in like a venue where 99% of the time actual arguments matter because 99% of the time it's not a political case. It's, you know, this company versus this other company and, you know, they've got a business dispute and blah, blah, blah. And nobody, you know, it's, it, it, nobody's going to, you know, cause a civil war because one side wins, the other side doesn't. It's just, you know, it's all business folks. And there's, there's something about that. And that, that's why actual arguments work and actual legal discussions work. You go in, you present their evidence and try and get it right. You know, as there are biases. You have some judges who will be more defense favored, more plaintiff favor, 
you know, really in a large part that's marginal. And, and don't get me wrong, judges get it wrong all the time. Um, but, you know, most of the time it's not an ideological thing. But you get in these political cases, and it just doesn't matter. Which is okay. If that's the rule, fine. We'll just get the power and we'll just do the thing. And it's fine with me. I don't care. Rock the mic, perpetrate, slay all suckers state to state. It is not a big deal. At least because we're winning today. But of course, we can all throw that away. I mean, we could, uh, you know, allow the Democrats to win again and they could put on more people like Katanji, whatever the hell our name is, the Supreme Court justice who's glancing familiarity with concepts like the Constitution is, you know, it's a frankly an embarrassment. But again, she kind of constitutes the power thing. Well, I, I like this. I want this. Therefore, it should be, which is okay. But she's kind of denying herself a limiting principle to limit other people. Again, fine with me because we're winning right now. So, any. So I got a lot of feedback from my uh, Ron DeSantis' Fontius um, articles, which was essentially that Ron DeSantis is using a Fabian strategy. A Fabian strategy, if you haven't read my article, and you should go read my call, is essentially you avoid battle but stay alive while you build strength. Um, and I think that's what Ron DeSantis has to do right now. So Trump is definitely ahead. Trump is, you know, got 40 to 50% support in most places, according to most polls. And DeSantis is about 20 to 22%. Um, and I think there's various reasons for that. One is Trump is Trump. I mean, he was the president. He's the guy. He's being victimized by these bullshit uh, legal things. And again, remember how I said there's no such thing as law? There, there really isn't. You look at these things, and they're and legally they're a joke. And I take a tangent here. I find the conservatives who actually treat these like a legal matter and like are like, well, you know, violation or such and two involves blah blah blah. And Trump is giving them that. It's all bullshit. Okay, it's all bullshit. No one ever gets charged for this shit. Certainly, no Biden would ever get charged with this shit, even though Biden did the same shit. Um, so I don't, I don't want to hear about the legal case because there is no legal case. It is a power case. It's only a power case. That's all it is. It's all it ever will be. So. You know, don't tell me it's a legal case. But it has uh, solidified uh, support for Trump. A lot of people were like, fuck these guys. And I, I get that. I fully understand it. And uh, I feel it, too. And, um, you know, Trump winning would certainly be a, a delight, though. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that, you know, Biden and the rest of the establishment would not let him take office. I mean, you, you keep hearing about the insurrection and the coup and the... Uh, I, you know, Biden came out and said, I won't let him take office. And uh, that could be a problem. That could be like a huge problem. Now, I don't think Trump's going to win if he gets nominated. I'm pretty open about that. I just don't think he's electable. When I say I don't think he's electable, I mean, about 85% of the time he's going to lose. Uh, that was also true under Hillary Clinton. Let's see, there's that other 15% where, yeah, it could happen. I don't believe in... Uh, Betting on 15%, I think that's a sucker's bet. That's why I think a guy like DeSantis, who I think is more closer to 50 to 60% chance of winning in a general, uh, is a better bet. But, you know, whatever. 
But uh, back to back to DeSantis' strategy. Uh, Fabian was a general after Rome got beaten three times, just devastated, and had to rebuild its strength. He took over and did something very un-Roman. Romans were extremely aggressive. There's the enemy attack, fight to the death. I want to force a decisive battle now. Well, they did that three times. They got crushed. Um, but Romans were potent, and they bred lots of other Romans, and they would they could build up new armies quickly. Hannibal really couldn't. Hannibal was lying around in Italy. Yeah, he's trying to get local allies, but, you know, basically he's dancing with the Numidians he brought with him <coughs> and what remaining elephants he had, which actually didn't last very long. So bottom line is the Fabian strategy is you don't force a fight. You shadow them, you provoke them, but you do not allow them to have the set-piece battle where they can cause huge damage to you. Uh, the battle between Trope and DeSantis right now would probably mean DeSantis losing. Trump's Trump's got the numbers right now. Um, but I think DeSantis is probably counting on, A, building up his strength. He's building up his door knockers, ground walkers, and infrastructure in Illinois, Illinois, Iowa, and New Hampshire, where I think the decisive battles will take place. Uh and he's understanding that, you know, the longer Trump hangs around, the less people like him. He knows that Trump's favorables seem to go up when he's out of the picture. And um, he's not out of the picture. He's getting into it a lot. And I think uh, there is a good chance that the people who hate Trump, and that's about 53% of people, and I think it's irrational. I don't hate Trump. I will vote for Trump if he wins the nomination. Um but I think a bunch of people hate him, and I think the longer he exposes himself to people, the more people are annoyed by him and his Trumpy habits. Now, it's easy to forget that Trump did great things. He got Middle East peace, an amazing economy, a bunch of cool reforms. Those are great things. Those are great achievements. He doesn't spend a lot of time talking about that, or at least that's not what gets play. What gets play is, who people? And that's stupid and annoying, and people get annoyed by it. And um, the Fabian strategy is to not let him have the fight. Now, it's interesting. There are rumors, and I do not know if any of these are true or not. I've heard both sides, uh, at least in the open source media, that um, our boy uh, DeSantis will not uh, considers a two-man race, will not debate if Trump doesn't. So if Trump doesn't show up, DeSantis isn't going to show up. Of course, if DeSantis shows up and Trump doesn't, he's the target of everybody else. He's everybody else's target. Uh, it might be a power move to say, hey, screw you. It's a two-man race. Let these, you know, if Trump's not there, I'm not there. Now, Trump winning a debate against DeSantis heads up with all these are nitwits around. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I, I certainly think he'll be ready. Um, and remember Trump, you know, Trump has this reputation as a good debater. He's not that good all the time. Sometimes he's, sometimes he's just awful. Remember the last debates? Well, he just got, you know, creamed. I don't know what he does in a Republican debate with DeSantis. I guess DeSantis goes in as a serious guy and Trump goes in as, let's have fun. This is a party. And I think there's a party aspect to DeSantis. Not to say it's to Trump. Trump is fun, or, or at least he used to be. I don't think he's much fun as he used to be. Sometimes he's fun. Huh. 
if you see him get going, hey, look, I mean, he's a, he's a fun guy. But a lot of these guys are there for the entertainment value. A lot of these people are like, wow, you know, DeSantis is boring. Okay. Not a typical critique of a guy to be president. I mean, there's times when you want boring. You think Calvin Coolidge was excited? Exciting? No. But man, I, I could use a man like Calvin Coolidge again. Uh, hell to the yeah. But, um, you know, I just think that uh, if your criteria for president is, wow, this guy's boring, he says no charisma, I think that's kind of stupid. But, you know, it, it, the whole charisma thing brought us John F. Kennedy, and John F. Kennedy was kind of a tool in a lot of ways. Um Oh, and now we have RFK. Let me let me ask a question about this RFK. What the fuck are people thinking? Okay, this is a liberal weirdo who believes in all sorts of bullshit. And he's trying to kind of suck up to us by saying things like, oh, the Second Amendment's not all bad. I mean, I want to ban guns, but it's not all bad. Do, do you think this guy's not going to turn on you like a scorpion riding the toad across the river? I think that's the metaphor or analogy. Of course he is. He's going to do that in a heartbeat. What are you, crazy? He's totally going to do that. I don't understand the appeal. A normal concern thing. And the other is, well, what about Tulsi? She's another freaking liberal. I mean, I don't hate them. I don't hate either one of them. They're at least pleasant to us. They're at least civil to us. They don't spin on our faces. But, you know, if we're at such a cheap date that not hating us burns a vote, you know, maybe we ought to rethink that. The thing is, Look, and I love, I love because they're the first guys to start calling people rhinos. The people who are not Republicans, the people who came in to the movement because they liked Donald Trump, they are the ones who, uh, they don't look at politics the way, I'm not going to say professionals, but people who've been doing it for a while do. They look at entertainment value. Uh, they look at personalities. They have only most genuine, tenuous, uh, view of policies. And Celia Zito wrote about these people. She wrote about like the seven main types of people in the Trump coalition. And one of them are these people. They don't normally vote. They wouldn't be voting if it wasn't for Donald Trump. So DeSantis's calculation has to be, I can get more former Republicans who will never vote for Trump than I will lose the new entertainment-y Trump people. And you know, to do that, you need time, hence the Fabian strategy. You notice Trump is desperately trying to knock DeSantis out now because he understands time is not his friend. we got 17 more months. That's a long time. And I got to say, to some extent, the Trump Act is hiring. It's exhausting. I don't know how it's going to play out. But I do think, I, I do think the strategy... Uh, the Fabian strategy, the fallback, hold on, just refuse to lose, which is all DeSantis really has to do. Don't lose, build up your infrastructure, fight it out in Iowa and New Hampshire. That's that's what he's got to do. That's got to be a strategy. So let's see if it works. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Anyway, check out my town hall columns on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Get my Kelly Turnbull book, Inferno. That's the new one in the People's Republic series. Uh, if people would stop, you know, passing away and I would stop traveling, 
I would be able to get number eight, which is called Overlord Done. And it's oh, really well, about halfway done with it. So I'm hoping to get it out this fall. And um, check out my own locals page and go over there and do stuff. And uh, we'll see how that goes. That's my unredacted for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, I will uh, talk to you guys soon. Adios. Adios.